0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awaken Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. One of the things I love about our church, and really one of the key tenets, I say, of everything that carries the Awaken logo is we craft opportunities for you to meet your Creator. Whether it's an Awaken service, an Awaken Pathfinders class, an Awaken recovery ministry, an Awaken music song that you downloaded on iTunes— The intent is that the way that you entered and the way that you exit are different because you encountered God. And I just love, I love that culture. And and I really loved watching the video because really that, I mean, that's what we're doing right now still. And as I, it's, it's, it's actually cool that that's the video that played because my, my message talks about like the last 10 years of my life, last decade of my life and the growth I've seen, like the, the setting up of, of Jared Van Tassel in a middle school to to where I'm at now and as I look back I saw different areas of growth in my life and different things that um, accelerated that growth. And I tried to pinpoint, you know, what is like what is the key? What if I can take away something from my life and, and maybe give it back, what is the key that made the growth areas go faster and that maybe wasn't there in the areas where I got stuck and so the title of my message tonight is Growth Through Gratitude. Growth through gratitude. I have found that every area in my life where I've grown quickly, there's been an abundance of gratitude in my life. And every area where I've been a little bit stuck, oh man, that's really cool. (laughs) Every area that I've been stuck, there's a lack of gratitude. And I will tell you, uh, the last 10 years, seven of which have been in this church, I have grown a lot. I've I've grown a lot in my mindset around business, around finance. I've grown a lot as a husband. I've grown a lot as a father. Um, I've grown a lot around the waistline. I've I've changed a lot in ten years and I've become uh, really who I'm I'm on the path to becoming who God's called me to be. And it's cool to see like some of these growth pieces. And I want to jump into some points that I've got for you. Point number one is that everything is a choice. Choose gratitude. Um, I wanna honor I I like to honor people. So I want to honor somebody from our church, a man from our Balboa campus named Daniel Hack. He's got a, a sunglass company, and on the inside of every pair of sunglasses. It says, make it a good day. Make it a good day. And he said the reason I got to hear from him last night. He spoke last night to a group of us and he said, The reason I chose make it a good day and not have a good day is because when you say make it a good day, you're choosing to make it a good day. And it was cool because the name of his company is Gratitude Sunglasses. And I was like, Daniel, like your your son your your business is point one of my message. So it was pretty cool. But you know, everything is a choice. And in every situation in life, there's negative and there's positive. And there's always more of one or the other. And those, those are facts. You can't, you can't get around those. But what you what you choose to look at, what you choose to focus on, will expand. So in every situation in life, there's good and there's bad. And that's that's given. You can't shift that. You can't alter that. But what you can shift and alter is what you choose to focus on. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, uh, it says give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you." And it, for me, kind of just going back to that, what we focus on expands. I can choose to focus on the negative, or I can choose to focus on the positive. And in the flesh, I will tell you this, we have like a natural tilt towards the negative. But in the spirit, the spirit has a natural tilt towards gratitude towards saying, you know what? I see that there's a lot bad here, but I'm going to find that one thing that I can be thankful for because I know what gratitude unlocks. So in that verse in 1 Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances. It's a commandment. Like we're commanded to give thanks. Give is a verb. I'm going to go back to some middle school grammar, which I failed miserably. Um, (laughs) It's a, a verb, and a verb is the word that in syntax conveys action. It requires that we do something. So when we read that verse and we hear, give thanks in every situation, we're, we're being commanded to do something. We're being commanded to focus on that positive, to focus on those things in our, in our world that are the good. In every situation, you can find good. And then I love the end of it because it says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I remember as a kid, I was like, God, I want to know your will. And I was just, I had, this, I had this expectation, this mental model that someday I'd be walking along and this manifesto of God's will for Jared's life would fall out of heaven and just land in my hands. And I'd be like, manna, coming from, like, yes, got it, now I know my will. And uh, in, in all my years of, of uh, theological seminary school, I didn't go to any kind of seminary school. <laughs> There's very few things in the Bible, there's very few times in the Bible where I have found, and again, I'm not a theologian, so it may be in other places, so fact check me on this. But there's very few places in the Bible where it says these specific words, this is the will of God for you. And I found a couple places, one of them was that it's the will of God for you to be saved, and another one that said it's the will of God for you to not live in sexual immorality. But other than that, I found very few places where it says, this is the will of God for your life. God makes it simple. He says, hey... I want you to be saved. I want you to live a pure life. And I want you to be grateful in all circumstances. That's it. And so for me, it's like, all right, if I'm going to live in the will of God, if I'm going to align myself with the will of God, all I got to do is this. And I, I found that in my life, the quickest way to get into alignment with God's will, the quickest way is gratitude. It's the key that unlocks getting in a line. Like I've heard people be like, I just want to do what God has for me. Have gratitude in all situations. No, no, but I mean, I want to start a business and I want to be a millionaire. Have gratitude in all No, I mean, I want to preach from the biggest stages. Have gratitude in all situations. If you get that right, everything else lines up. Um In, uh, in Colossians 3.15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Oh, there it is. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. I love that that word, let, starts out that sentence. It requires something from us. Now this, let, I'm going to get a little bit more into that grammar. Let is a causative verb. And causative verbs show the reason that something happened. It doesn't show that you have to do action. And I'm not giving you all this verb speak because I know it. I had to go look all this up. But, Causative verbs mean something already took place. Mom, let me go to school. It's something something somebody else did that allows action to flow in your life. When this says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, it's done. The peace of Christ is sitting there saying, hey, can I rule? I'm here. I'm here to show up. And I love that that verse ends in, and be thankful. Because if we're not thankful, that peace of Christ is not going to, if we're sitting there being ungrateful, like, oh, man, come on in, peace of Christ. Yeah, I'm just super unhappy about the situation at church this week. So-and-so didn't compliment my outfit. They didn't notice my boots. Be thankful. Um, in Isaiah, it says that he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon the Lord. And I spent a lot of time in this. Like, if I'm not in perfect peace, if I've got turmoil, if I'm not feeling peaceful, it, it, this is situationally independent. It says, God will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed upon him. And I thought, like, how can my mind be stayed upon God? And it goes back to, well, what's God's will for my life? Because if I'm in line with God's will for my life, my mind will be stayed on him. And it's like, well, live a pure life, be grateful. And my mind will be stayed on him. If, if I have those things, if I'm focusing on those things, I'm focusing on his will for my life. And, I, and if I do that, that perfect peace will flow. Yeah. Is right. yeah. this okay? Am I doing all right? Yeah. Um, one of the things I love about this house is we focus a lot on making disciples. And I, I'm a byproduct of that. Like when I talked about my 10-year my journey, I started getting accelerated in this house. And really I started getting accelerated in East Campus when it launched. And the reason being is because I made some small, like I told you, everything is a choice. I made some small choices a little bit differently than I had before. Wow. I got around some men that spoke life into me. I listened to some hard correction. Wow. I said, all right, I'll show up at men's prayer. All right, I'll sign up for a merge. All right, we're, we're going to the marriage conference. We we want we want to these they seem like small choices, but I'm telling you the exponential growth. Because I said I'm grateful that these things are here. There's opportunities for me to get in alignment with the will of God and to accelerate my life. I'm gonna do it. You you grow at the speed of your God choices. You grow at the speed of your God choices. If you're choosing God. Each and every time, whether it's big or small. I'm telling you, the small choices for me are the ones that have brought the most growth. That I'm waking up Tuesday morning. Everyone. I'm waking up and I'm coming here and I'm praying. There, let me tell you, I, I'll just be a little transparent. There's Tuesday mornings that I don't want to come. <gasps> but I'm coming because I know the breakthrough that it has brought in my life. I know that it's made me a better husband. I know that it's made me a better father because I'm coming into a place where I'm getting in alignment with the will of God and I'm busting off that flesh that says, I want to veer to the negative and I'm pointing my life back in alignment with God. Okay, point number two. Learn to find joy in difficulty. Learn to find joy in good difficulty. Gratitude flows from joy. And I think I got it up there. Cool. Gratitude flows from joy. I have found that, like, when you think about gratitude and when you're being grateful, it's almost always in joyful situations. Like, why is it so easy to be grateful around Thanksgiving? Because you're not working. You're eating food. You're around awesome friends. You're seeing that picture of the family thing. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a joyful moment. There's music playing. Somebody's probably already putting up Christmas lights, even though they shouldn't be. It's a joyful moment. It's easy to be grateful when there's joy there. I can tell you, I have so much gratitude for, for my wife. I'm so grateful for her. But I can tell you that it, that flows because there's so much joy there. Now, the contrary, right? My point says, learn to find joy in difficulty. My wife found joy in our relationship when her husband was a knucklehead years back. My wife found joy and said, you know what, I'm going to learn to be grateful for this man even though he's got some stuff to work through and I'm going to trust God to work through it. That's, that's not my message, but the, the point is I want to honor you, babe, because you found, you found joy in difficulty. And what flows when you find that joy, when you search that joy, when you go after that joy, is gratitude flows. And, you know, in 1 in Thessalonians, I read it a bit earlier, but two verses before that, it says, have joy in all circumstances. So if we can figure out, like, all right, I've been told to have joy in all circumstances, and I've been told to give thanks in all circumstances. Those things are connected. There's a connection there, and it's that flow. When you have joy, it releases that gratitude. Uh, Recently, this is kind of a a personal testimony. Um, Scott Isaac sent me a a text, and he said, does your face ever get tired from smiling so much? (laughs) And I quickly wrote back, almost snarkily, and I said, you know, my face gets tired when I don't smile. And it really, in that moment, God, like, poked me like only God can do. And he said, that's how I made you. And I was shooken up inside because there's days, I'll be honest, guys, there's days I've come home and I'm like, babe, I am so worn out. I'm so exhausted. I'm wearing thin. And God told me that is because you're not smiling anymore. You've lost the joy. You've lost the joy that I placed on the inside of you. And you're allowing yourself to be tired because you're not choosing joy. And so that's to each and every one of you hold me accountable. If you see me not smiling, send me a Scott Isaacs text. Hey, where's that smile? Because my smile, God designed us to express his joy, to be his joy. And we can choose that. We can accept that. Even in bad days, you can choose to stand on the word of God and choose joy. So thank you, Scott, for that and for that reminder. Um, You know, growth through disappointment. I'm going to give a couple examples from my life of where I experienced disappointment. One of which I don't think I had joy through, and I think the, the repercussions of it were very negative. The other of which I had joy through, and the repercussions of which were, were positive. Um, again, both were disappointments. Both were t- tough situations, but one, I didn't choose joy, and my growth maybe even went down a little bit. And the other one, I had joy. Um, the first one, you know, from, from when I was a little kid, I always wanted to play professional basketball. I'm not really tall enough. I don't really jump high enough. But I had a dream, and I worked so hard towards that dream. And uh, in college, I, I played Division One. I. I walked onto a Division One team, made the team, worked so hard. I tied up so much of my identity in basketball. But what you begin to realize as you get closer and closer to the higher levels is that there's a pretty big gap between the best and the really good. And to cross that gap takes some genetic potential. It doesn't just take hard work. And I started to realize that, hey, this is where my career as a basketball player ends and my career as an engineer starts. And that was hard for me because I, engineering was plan B. And it was such a big disappointment the last time I walked off the court and knew I'll never be on this court wearing a jersey, playing for a Division One team or higher ever again. And what I chose to do with that disappointment wasn't find joy, sadly. I chose to find substitutes. I found drinking. I found partying. I found, you know, a life of sin. I found overeating. I found anything to get my mind off this brokenness that I felt. And unfortunately, that's when this awesome woman met me. So she had to walk through a lot of that with me. I didn't choose joy. And I, had, I, I wish I could say I didn't have a relationship with God. I grew up in the church. Those are what I call my testimony-building years. But I didn't choose joy, and I knew how to choose joy. I'd had a taste of joy before, but I I consciously or subconsciously, I don't know, made a decision to not choose joy, and my life flatlined, maybe even went down a little bit. Um, to, To counter that, another situation where I had really a lot of discouragement, disappointment, It was a couple years later, after college, uh, I got a job in Hawaii as an engineer working for the Navy. We moved out to Hawaii together. We got plugged into an awesome church, uh, Pastor Mike Kai's church in Hawaii. We rededicated our lives. We got back in shape. We started eating right. We started getting in community. We went to a connect group that said, hey, you guys are still dating. You shouldn't live under the same roof. And we were like, do you know how much it costs to live in two separate places in Hawaii? But we listened to some hard leadership, some hard things for us that cost us something. And our marriage now is blessed because we we got involved. We got plugged in. But Sorry, that's a side tangent. Um, The disappointment, I I had uh, applied for and had a big dream to fly F-22s for the United States Air Force. And uh, this is a story not a lot of people know about me. I don't really tell it very much. Uh, But I went through all the process, all the application to fly for the Hawaii Air National Guard. Uh, they have a 22 squadron out there, and they had openings that year. Um, Pastor Michael, I destroyed the AFOQT. So if you don't know what that is, it's the Air Force Officers Qualifying Test. It's a, it's a timed test that you've got to take very fast. It, you've got to be pretty sharp to take it. And it tells you whether or not you can be a pilot or not. I crushed the test, went to an interview, crushed the interview. I was like, I got this. This is great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a pilot for the Air Force. I'm going to be an F-22 pilot. And the guys that were doing my interview, they were stoked. They were like, you are you an are ideal candidate. Um, you should apply next year. And I was like, what do you mean? They were like, if you don't get in, I mean, you should apply next year. Wow. And um, I knew what that meant. If, if you've been around that industry much, it means they had somebody in mind. It was probably somebody that was more more qualified than me who had already been shown their worth who had already probably worked there Um, it's not pre-selection the guy that they did select actually was way more qualified than me but the point was they said hey we want you to come back and reapply and uh, I was at the upper age limit that was the last year I could apply Uh, they only take pilots under a certain age so it was a disappointment for me and I was like how do I deal with this like, I know the last big disappointment I had, I dealt with poorly. How do I learn to deal with this? And I chose joy. And I, I went into my connect group and prayed with my connect group leaders. I went into, I was in a, a group very similar to Awaken Recovery there. And I went to my sponsor and I said, hey, how do I deal with this? You're, you're a senior military officer. Like, what do I, what's next? He wrote a letter of recommendation for me. I got some good counsel. And I chose joy. And I said, you know what? God's got something better for me on the other side of this. And I'll tell you honestly, if I had made that job, if I had got 22 Pilot, I would have never moved here. I would have never found this church. I would have never found this community that I've grown so much in. Um, if, if I had made that basketball team, I would not have met my wife. I would not have. If I had kept playing Division One basketball and gone on to play pro, we would have never met and so for me, the, the disappointment, finding the joy in the disappointment was something that was so important, and it accelerated my growth after that. And in Nehemiah, one of my favorite stories in Nehemiah that I've been, I've been reading a lot lately in the Old Testament, in Nehemiah 8.10, it says, don't be dejected or sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And a little bit of background here. So this is in the reign of Artaxerxes of Babylon. I know that from all my theological seminary. <laughs> I don't know that. I read, I read this in the Bible. I Googled it. So the, 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 the Jews from Jerusalem, they had been exiled. They had been taken into captivity uh, in Babylon. They had went to King Artaxerxes and said, hey, we'd like to rebuild Jerusalem. He allowed them to go. Uh, Nehemiah, who was, he was a very senior uh, cupbearer, part of King Artaxerxes' inner circle, said, hey, they're struggling out there. i want to go help them. He took a bunch of people with him. So they go and they're rebuilding this wall, right? The walls crumbled down. Gates have been burned to the ground. They've been there for years. Every day, their life consists of building something that was torn down. And I'll tell you, there's been years in my life where it exists of building something that was torn down. And they're tired and they're weary and they're worn out. And what he says here, what Nehemiah says here is, don't be dejected or sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. He points the people back to where their strength should come from. Because all of them have been working on the strength that's in their physical bodies. And he said, you guys, you're getting worn out. You're getting dejected. You're getting sad. The joy of the Lord has got to be your strength or you're going to fall apart. And something shifted in them and gratitude came in. And for me, that's just, it's such an amazing thing to know that when you see the source of your strength as something you possess, it will end. There's an end to it. But when you see the source of your strength as the joy of the Lord, there's an abundance to it. And I, um, I recently got to hear uh, the mayor of Coronado speak, Rich Bailey. And he said, what we need in this time more than anything is cheerful warriors. And I'll be honest, it's the first time in my life I've ever been convicted by a politician. Ever. <laughs> but I was convicted because I, I will tell you, I, I almost pride myself that I'm a warrior. And I'll say, Pastor Michael, what do you need? I'll show up. I'm your warrior. I'm here. I'm your warrior. I'm the warrior. I'm in a war for my family. I'm in a battle for my wife. I'm the warrior. And sometimes I just come in dragging my shield and dragging my sword. All right. I'm ready to battle. And I'm not that cheerful warrior. And I got really convicted because God said, I called you to be a cheerful warrior. And I will tell you, men of this house, what your kids need more than anything is for you to be a cheerful warrior for them. Come on. Women of this house, what your husband needs more than anything is for you to be a cheerful warrior for him. Like when we talk about going to battle for your marriage, let's go to battle cheerfully for our marriages. Let's, let's make this thing the best it can be. When we talk about going to battle for relationships, for friendships, for businesses, let's go with joy. We know we're going to go. We know we're in a battle. The Bible tells us. We know we're in a spiritual battle every day. Let's do it with joy. So that was something cool that I heard from a politician, and I never thought I'd hear something cool from a politician. (laughs) Point number three um, is get underneath the right weight. Get underneath the right weight. Be grateful for the load that you were designed to carry. You know, I've always said that um, nothing grows in comfort, but that's incorrect. Nothing worthwhile grows in comfort, but there's a lot of things that grow in comfort. Laziness grows in comfort fear will grow in comfort. In the comfort times, ungratefulness will grow. Um, there's, a, there's another saying, I love, I love quotes, but hard times create strong men. And if you know the rest of that quote, the very end of it, you might see a reflection of what we're living in right now. But the hard times is what creates strong men. And what I want to say is every, every great fitness professional will tell you that there's a, a load that is perfect for your body. If we're talking about back squats, we're talking about bench press, there's a load that you need to be under. And it's not the same load that Michael needs to be under. And it's not the same load that Scott Isaacs needs to be under. Because if you put the load that Michael needs to be under on top of Jake Shooty's brand new baby, it is going to destroy that life. But if you are underneath the right load, the one that you're called to, the the lane you're called to run in, you're going to begin to build strength. And what happens is that loading needs to be just a little bit more than you're comfortable with. And you need to move it. And when you do that, you begin to build capacity. And so what I want to encourage you in, in, in this point is I've found that when I have gratitude for the load instead of complaining about it, like when I'm so excited about the load I carry, and it's one of the reasons, Pastor Michael, why I honor you so much, is because this this church for me would be a load that would probably destroy me. But for him, it's a load that makes him smile. Because it's his load, it's his lane, and he's like, hey, throw. Throw one more rep on, throw one more, throw one more 10 on there. Let's do another rep. Let's do another rep. And he just keeps building that capacity. It inspires me to take on my load and to be grateful for my load just a little bit more and say, hey, throw, throw one more, throw one more 10 on there. Let's do one more rep. So I, I have to go with, you know, the workout analogy. I'm sorry. But, you know, I'm so grateful for the difficult times, for the, the, the difficult loadings that have caused growth in me, and one of them, you know, the first five years, I talked a lot about my relationship with my wife. The first four or five years of that relationship, they weren't great because of my choices, Now, I want to be very careful how I say this, and I want to be very intentional. That relationship was never a load or a burden, but the choices I made brought a load or a burden into it, and I want to tell you, if you, like, if you consider your marriage a weight or a burden. I want you to shift that tonight. Come up and get some prayer, because it never is. If it's, if it's in a difficult spot, that's probably because of choices, but that, that marriage is never a weight or a burden. And I will tell you that in that time of difficulty, my wife and I decided, hey, my wife particularly, she's not up here, but she chose, I, I didn't choose this burden, but I'm going to lift it. And sometimes we don't choose the burden that we're underneath. And we're like, God, why is this burden here? But if you can be grateful for the load that God has designed you to carry. Now, not the one that your neighbor's carrying. Not the one that the person you idolize is carrying. But the one that God designed you to carry. If you can be grateful for that load and just begin to move it. Just begin to move in it. Because that hard work that we did in our marriage then has made it so amazing now, has made it so resilient now. Like, I I tell people all the time, we have such a phenomenal marriage because we went through it back here with, with God. We went through it the right way. We went through the valley. We went through the hard stuff, mostly that I brought in, but we went through it, and we took that load and said, I'm grateful for it. So the three points I've got, I'll just reiterate them real quick. Everything's a choice. Choose the things God has for you. Number two, learn to find joy in hard circumstances and three love the load that you're under. So if any of those three things hit with you tonight, I want to invite you up, get some prayer, don't leave an opportunity to shift something in your life. Like like I said at the very beginning, this house, this culture is designed for things to shift in your life and for you to leave different than you came in. So if there's something you're feeling inside, that tug, that inner pull, come up, get some prayer, get some healing. We all need it. It's okay. It's okay to grow. It's okay to grow. Give yourself permission to grow. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.